Hey everyone, grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Sunday, March 15th, and I'm recording this podcast after a completely like unprecedented day in church history. I'll be doing a few of these um, over the coming weeks as we are in a whole different uh, epoch of church history, to be honest. Today, churches all over the United States close their regular Sunday gatherings as not to be a part of spreading the novel coronavirus. And what I want to do, just real quick, because I want to stop. I want to take this in for just a moment. Churches all over the world shut their doors. What a time to be alive as a follower of Jesus to witness this, to participate in how we like adapt in this, in this, in this time, how we respond in my prayer, my hope is how we emerge on the other side of this, a more beautiful and connected church. And you know, to be honest, it doesn't seem to be getting any better over the last couple of weeks. The numbers allowed to gather seems to be getting smaller, especially where I'm at in, in San Francisco, San Francisco, California. Um, it went from like 1,000 to 500 to 250 to 50, and then San Mateo County just yesterday in the Bay Area turned that number into 10. You couldn't gather more than 10 people, and if you did 10 to 30 people, it had to be under like really strict, stringent uh, restrictions. And there's a ton of talk about like a quarantine of the entire state of California and possibly the nation, and I don't know if that's true. We'll see. I don't know, but what if? What if? I mean, the thing I've been thinking about most is how we the church, how we will respond to this. Can we be on the front line of choosing the moral right thing to do in protecting the vulnerable? Can the church lead in that? How does it lead in that? And how do we participate during this time in spreading the right thing and not the wrong thing? How can the church spread the right thing? Today, um, I gathered with a, uh, a very small group of my community in a house-to-house gathering, something that we're doing here in San Francisco, that we're, we were hosting these house-to-house gatherings all over the city, and some of them met physically under really certain strict guidelines, uh, and others met virtually. A lot of people met virtually as well. And what we asked, I asked everyone to do was to meditate on Acts chapter 4 and come with an encouragement, something God spoke to them, something they learned um, from this text. Now, side note. It was simple and amazing. It wasn't as polished. The gathering this morning wasn't as polished and as produced as many of our worship gatherings, but it was profound. And the profundity lied in the fact that everyone had to contribute something. You couldn't just be passive. I think church today, you could be maybe a little too passive. You can just show up and everything's done for you. What I loved about this disruption in our normal gatherings is that you couldn't opt to do that. You had to show up with something. You had to show up with like a a small lunch that Jesus could multiply. And and it was really, really beautiful. So back to our gathering. This is what happened. We went around a circle. How did Acts chapter 4 speak to you? What did you learn? What did the Spirit reveal? That sort of thing. And my wife said this. She said, what stuck out to me was verse 17. Now, a little background so you know what's going on here. Um, in Acts chapter, uh, end of chapter 3, or in chapter 3 and chapter 4, um, Peter and John are arrested for healing the lame man who was begging at the temple gate, if you remember this. He got up, and um, he was walking and jumping and praising God. Because Peter said to him, silver or gold I have not, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus. 
rise up and walk. You remember that story? Okay. Now, the Sanhedrin, the religious rulers of the time, arrested Peter and John and ordered them to tell them, how in the world did you heal this man? I mean, this, this man was lame, and we've all known him to be lame forever. We all see him. Now he's running around. By what power, by what authority did you do this with? Now, obviously, this is a perfect situation to proclaim Christ. And this is exactly what they did. Peter, again, filled with the Spirit, testifies that by the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and then he adds just a little aside, just like he says, you know, he says, whom you crucified, but God raised from the dead, by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, this man stands before you today healed. Okay, that's the background. Now, the Sanhedrin starts to talk amongst each other what they should do, and this is what they said, verse 17 but to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. And so my wife says, th- there it is right there. This is what stuck out to me, spreading. It's, it feels like it's always about spreading. They saw the gospel of Jesus like a virus. They wanted to stop from spreading. And I can't help but think of what we're living under, how we're all afraid of spreading this virus. But what they're talking about in Acts is they're, they're, they think the gospel is a virus, but it's not a virus. The gospel is the cure. It's the thing that we should be spreading because it's the good news. I mean, this was like, I was like, preach, come on. It was so good. I was really proud of her, and um, she needs to teach on a Sunday. Anyway, so I was like, that was it's really good, and I'm stealing that. I'm going to preach it, so I just did. Here's the thing. The gospel is the thing that must spread during this time. How do, the question is, how do we do that? I, I hope that the church doesn't just fall asleep during this season and just Netflix or binge on Disney Plus or whatever streaming platform you have that's like wired onto your TV. Let's spread right now. Let's use this time to spread good news. See, the illusion of security, the image of health and wealth and progress can come to a standstill in a matter of hours, of days. I, I, I think about that, the rock that floats in the movie Parasite. Spoiler alert. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. That rock is an illusion of security, wealth, money, beauty. It's all an illusion it's not a true rock. It floats. It's false. It's fake. In moments like this right now, our rocks float. The things that we place all of our hope in, sometimes our job, our security, it's all, it, it's, it's, it, it, it's not as solid. It's not as anchoring as we thought it was. During this time, I think what we all can do is realize that the only true foundation on which to build a life is the one that Jesus said is him and his teachings. He's the only rock. And I think that's good news. That's what needs to be spreading right now. Which brings me back to Acts. We started studying Acts uh, in January as a church. And on that very first Sunday in Acts, I opened the Acts intro with my intro of Acts. And I said this, I said, Acts is a travel log. It's about the restlessness of the gospel, how the gospel can't stay put. It can't be in chains, how it can't settle down, how the gospel has to keep spreading. 
It has to keep moving. And as it does, it brings renewal and disruption because renewal always brings disruption. The book opens with a group of cloistered disciples in a room in Jerusalem, and the book ends, if it really ends at all, with a single cloistered disciple in a room in Rome. But the gospel cannot be stopped because it has spread, just like Jesus commanded, from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. This book is the origin story of that spreading. Okay, I'm not going to lie, it's kind of a good intro, but why I share it, this is why I share that. I share it because it got me thinking about the cloistered thing that I, 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 we were talking about a few weeks ago and the spreading thing. Right now, we are literally cloistered, many of us, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, but that doesn't mean the gospel has to stop spreading. It can't stop. It won't stop. The gospel's restless. It has to keep moving through you and through me. So that person that you've been putting off, getting to know at work, and maybe spending time praying for them and speaking to them about the hope that you have in Christ, you have time now. I mean, here's my um, challenge to you, my, my hope for you, my, my, the thing I'm going to ask you to spend time with God thinking about. Who's that one person that you work with that you know that maybe the spirit might have been moving or doing something when you got around that person reach out to them ask them how they're doing ask them hey is there any way i can pray for you is there anything that you need right now are you anxious are you worried is there any way that i can maybe you need someone to talk to i'm here Let's, could you just commit to doing you have time now you have time to pray to witness and most importantly, I believe that you have time to reevaluate. What, what, was the, what was your life heading toward before all of this happened? And what kind of person were you, were you becoming? I think that's a really good question to, to meditate on. What, what was your life heading towards before, like two weeks ago, now that everything feels like uh, it's like uh, standing still? Stop and reevaluate. Is that the kind of person you want to become? Maybe being locked down might bring you the greatest freedom you've ever experienced because it, uh, it allows you to come face to face with questions like these. So I want to close with a meditation. So this might be weird if you're driving in your car. I don't even know if there's a thing anymore. You might be sitting at home. Um, I don't know if like kids are running around or roommates are watching Netflix in the room. I, don't, I have no idea. But if you can, in your own way, Let's just sit still for a second. If you can sit still, close your eyes, take deep breaths, put both feet on the ground, your hands on your lap opened up to God. I want you to think about God's perfect creation. Whatever comes to mind right now when you think of that. Keep breathing, whether that's the smell of wet leaves, the salt from the ocean air, the crisp feeling of snow mountain air. Think about it, picture it, put yourself there. God's perfect creation. With every picture of God's perfect creation that comes to mind, under your breath, just say, thank you, God, for and whatever comes to your mind about God's perfect creation, just thank God for that. 
Next, I want you to think about the rain that we've just had the past two weeks in California, Northern California, or maybe the snow that you've had where you live or the cold that has come through. The rain has come in and has wet the earth, put snow on some of the mountains, fed the dry areas, and it did all that while you were sleeping and working and relating. You did nothing to bring that rain and you did nothing to make it leave. Keep breathing. Think about the new buds that are starting to bloom on trees and plants, especially here and around California. They start budding, beautiful green little buds that will turn into flowers or leaves. And they started doing that all while you were sleeping and eating and worrying and planning. You did nothing to make those buds happen. Think about the sun and how it came up this morning, filling our world with light and activity. You did nothing to make the sun rise. This is God's world. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, are its creator, savior, and sustaining superintendent, and humanity remains God's project. I'm gonna say that again, I want you to breathe in and breathe out. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit, are its creator, savior, and sustaining superintendent, and humanity remains God's project. I want you to breathe in. I want you to breathe in. I want you to say to yourself, this is God's world. Breathe out and say, humanity remains God's project. Do that a couple times. This is God's world. Humanity remains God's project. Amen. Grace and peace to you all. We'll be having a few more of these in the coming days and weeks as our world feels like it's kind of turning upside down. And we think, I think, and I believe this is a wonderful opportunity for God to renew us and to renew the earth. Mm -hmm.